Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've got another lovely lady that I've met on Instagram. Her name is Sophie Louise and I'm trying to think how we actually kind of met um, or how we started talking. I think I think it was with Becky. I think I started following Becky first and then kind of saw yourself Sophie but um just a quick introduction to who she is she's recently competed she I think competed at the same time that I did in June came second in I need if I say this wrong Sophie let me know UK D no I've said it yeah UK DFBA there we go (laughs) she absolutely smashed it came second and she's sponsored by Grenade and Sanctum Apparel the reason why I want to get her on this podcast is she's been very open on Instagram about her experiences post-show and she just she seems to be very open-minded and very entrepreneurial so I thought we've got to get this lovely lady on so welcome Sophie. Thank you I'm excited to be here. Give us an introduction about how you came into the fitness industry and your bodybuilding kind of career journey so far. So I was about 20 years old when I first started getting into the gym. Um, I've always been like quite active. Um, I actually used to be a runner when I was quite young. So I ran for my local town and then like my county. Um, but then obviously things get in the way like boys and school and drinking and I didn't want to train anymore for that so um I probably put yeah put put a bit of weight on and then I got into the gym when I was like 20 years old with my friend who just decided to go to the gym and then I really enjoyed it and then I met a boy who got me into the gym and I just got more and more into like with the weightlifting side of things and then we had a bit of a rocky relationship and I just found it was my place to sort of be on my own and have my own space and I guess yeah that was probably having a rocky relationship was probably the thing that got me into the gym and it gave me focus on something that wasn't that and I had quite a hard time at college I got bullied by girls so again it just gave me focus out of it I just forgot about everything else and just got my head in the gym and watching my body grow and change and I guess it just gave me a focus in life really um, and then, yeah, so I wanted to compete about three years ago, but I just kept putting it off and putting it off, telling myself that I wasn't good enough, telling myself I'd never be able to diet, I'd never be able to not have a cheat meal, I'd never be able to go a day without chocolate. And then the more and more I put it off, the more I realised that I wanted to do it. And obviously at the beginning of this year, I just thought, right, it's now or never. So went for the jump. So what was the kind of moment for you that you just decided right screw this I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it I think just having like a hard time from like girls I've always had a hard time from girls I don't know why I just always have and then obviously I worked with some girls that were very nice and I just thought you know what I'm gonna prove you all wrong and I'm gonna prove myself wrong and I'm, I'm a big believer in um like a new year a new start and writing goals down like a lot of people think it's really cliche but I actually think that it's really helpful and I just wrote it as a goal this year and thought yeah I'm doing it like it's my turn to to shine I guess you came from kind of a beauty background 
because obviously you've came from the beauty kind of side and before the podcast you mentioned that you've now started to move more towards doing online coaching and working with some cool brands on Instagram so how have you come about that? I don't know really like I started in the beauty industry when I was 19 um, and I thought I wanted my own salon and I had all these big aspirations of being like owning a spa and then I guess as time went on and my interest just kept being in the gym and being healthy and fit I've just sort of gone away from that now a little bit and realized that that's not really my goal in life anymore and don't get me wrong I still love my job and I love making people look pretty and tanned and like having nice lashes and nails but it's not really my sort of passion anymore um I just really I like making cool content I really enjoy helping people become fitter and healthier and helping people mentally as well and that's why I'm always honest on like my Instagram posts I just feel like I just I like to put things out there like I just like to give people information okay cool so you've you smashed your show your first show nailed it how did you find coming up to that prep for your first time was there anything that surprised you anything that you thought was maybe potentially easier than you thought it would be or harder than you thought it would be yeah so the diet I actually found really easy which I thought was going to be the hardest part so I started dieting at 18 weeks out and I thought, God, 18 weeks is a long way to go. Um, and I actually had a prep coach who didn't really do me any justice. And she was making me do a lot of exercise. Um, and it wasn't the food that bothered me, really. Um, I wasn't hungry. In fact, I was that exhausted. I didn't even want to eat. So I got to about 15 weeks out. And I was thinking, God, I really don't think I can do this. Like, I'm exhausted already got closer and closer, my exercise was going up, my food was dropping but I still didn't even want to eat because I was just not hungry um, and then I actually went to Mexico for a week for a friend's wedding and I laid on the sun lounger and I just thought I'm not doing this, like I've just eaten like a pig for a week, I love food too much, I don't want to embarrass myself, I'm going to embarrass myself, I might as well just quit now um, and then I flew home obviously got home and then I thought no I'm here now I'm doing it changed coaches and I would say the hardest thing for me was um my brain just didn't really function that well <laughs> so prep I just brain. didn't think about things properly yet and it's true saying prep brain is a thing you know they say you get baby brain well you get prep brain as well so just things like I forgot to take things to the gym that I needed for work, like my bra or my knickers. I forgot to put washing on, or I'd put washing on and leave it in there for like 48 hours. Like I'd cut myself while cooking. I just did so many things that, and I just, all I could think was, I can't wait for this to be over so I can get my brain back. Like the food didn't really bother me and I thought that was gonna be the hardest part. Prep brain is real. Like I completely agree with you. I just thought it was a thing that everyone was just saying. Instagram was like a trend, but I was like, oh no, no, no. They're actually, I was like, telling the truth. Yeah, it really is real. Like I used to pull out on people at junctions and think, why have I just done that? Like I could see they were coming, but I still just went. Oh man, the amount like, of times that I drove and I thought, how how have I got home in one piece? I have no idea. Yeah. 
scary. <laughs> so how did you so talk us briefly about show day? Like, did you enjoy it? How was the experience? Yeah, I absolutely loved show day. Um, well, I loved being on stage. As soon as I got up there, I just thought to myself, I am so, so glad that I've done this. I felt a million dollars, I'm not going to lie. I felt amazing. I looked good. Like, I'd worked so hard to get up on that stage, and I just thought, this is it. Um, I'd say that stage day isn't as glamorous as I think you think it might be. There's a lot of waiting around. No one really tells you what to do. Like, you're looking around thinking, like, who's in my category? Who's going to be on stage with me? What time do I need to go backstage? What time do I need to get ready? Um, and there's not really much help. You've just kind of got to figure it out for yourself. I don't know if anyone else's show is different, but mine wasn't very well organised at all. Um sort of backstage you just had to guess when you needed to to be backstage um as obviously the run through they don't know how long each round's going to be so they can't really give you a specific time but other than that i've absolutely loved being on stage it's the best thing i've ever done i definitely winged it in terms of timings i was just i was just thought right i'm gonna start eating this peanut butter at one o'clock and just hope for the best it got to that point because yeah. it's so much going on and you just think right yeah great like, I did my makeup in the toilets, and there was, like, we all over the floor. There was toilet roll everywhere. Oh, there was thick everywhere. And you just think, this is really not that glamorous. Did you have a plastic cup? No, I didn't. Someone told me to do that, but I was fine. I was, oh, I panicked. I just I just saw loads of blog posts. I thought, right, I'm going to get a plastic cup. I don't know if I need it, but I'm just going to take so <laughs> much random stuff that I probably don't need and be, like, the like the real-life Mary Poppins and come, like, a crap load. I, yeah, I just made sure that I layered the toilet seat with toilet roll. Yeah, but I didn't. You know, I didn't use plastic cup. Maybe next time. To be fair, I didn't even use it. I, and then my mum <laughs> said, "Why have you got some plastic cups?" I was like, "Don't ask, mum." I was like, "Just don't ask." I know. To be fair, I did before I stepped on stage. I watched someone's YouTube video, and it was like ten things you need for show day, and one was a plastic cup. And I was thinking. Knowing me, I would wee in the cup and it would go all over my hand. So I just thought, no, I'm not even going there. <laughs> Don't risk it. Don't risk it. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the, the general trend um, you see with some bikini competitors is they do one show and they do another show kind of back to back. Now, I know that me and you didn't do that for different reasons, but I don't know whether you wanted to share the reasons why, you know, you. I think, did you qualify for the finals? I don't remember if you did. Well, basically, my show was an amateur show, so you only qualified for the finals if you were the winner of each round. Okay. So um, that's obviously why. So I would have been in the finals, like, next week. Um, but, yeah, because it was just an amateur show and, like, first-timers, you only qualified for the finals if you were the top-placing winner. Oh, okay. So, did you think about doing another show after that, or what was your thought process? Yeah, so, I was going to do one called Lifting Girls. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. Um, I think that was beginning of this month, but obviously, as a lot of people know, I went through a really bad stage of binge eating after my show, and I just thought there's no way that I can get myself... I could have probably done it now, thinking about it, but at the time, sort of... The six weeks after my show, I just thought there's no way that I can even start dieting again. Like, my brain just would not let me do it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why I didn't end up doing it. 
so that moves us swiftly on you know, post-show and kind of one of the main topics that we're going to discuss today. So binge eating is definitely, I don't really like to say that word, but let's just roll with it. It's one of those experiences that a lot of bikini girls suffer with, they struggle. Well, you'll probably be able to explain this a lot better probably than me, but um, I know that we experience slightly different post-show experiences. So I don't know whether you wanted to kind of share what, what happened you've been quite open with instagram anyway so i've kind of got a bit of a backstory but just for the listeners that maybe don't follow you on instagram what happened um with yourself after post show so i obviously as soon as i stepped off stage i was like right food this is it it's time to eat as what i've been waiting for even though obviously i didn't find the diet that hard obviously i was still really looking forward to eating so as soon as i stepped off stage the first thing i ate was chocolate and everyone was like, you know, just just slow it down a little bit. Your stomach is going to be sensitive. You won't be able to eat that much. Um, then I went out for tea and I had, um, I actually had lasagna wrapped in a burrito, which wow. was crushed with nachos. I didn't even know that stuff and, existed. Well, I know. It's <laughs> Rub Smoke House in Nottingham. It's amazing. So I had that with chips and I was absolutely fine, I ate it all, and it didn't even touch the sides. So then I ordered a dessert, which I shared with my boyfriend, which was like three donuts, covered in Reese's cupcakes and ice cream and Nutella. So we shared that, and again, I still thought, I can keep eating. So I then ate three three more donuts, I think, and I had a few cookies in the car on the way home, and then, because I'd eaten so much, I think I just thought, wow, like, I really can eat what I want now. Like, I was just in so much shock that I just didn't have to worry about, like, eating. I think the fact that I didn't get into the final probably made it a little bit worse because I didn't really need to watch what I was eating. Um, and then day by day, it just got worse and worse. So I had um, a little drawer in my kitchen, which was full of treats, what people had been buying me. And every single day, I just went in there and thought, right, what can I have? And just, I just honestly could not stop. And I think it was just the mental of being able to eat what I want. Like, it was just surreal. Like, I can actually eat this if I want to eat it. Mm. But I think it got to the point where I didn't even want to eat it. I just thought, well, I might as well eat it because I can. Just got worse and worse. It spiraled out of control, really. And I think because I felt bad for doing it, I just kept doing it. And I'd sit there on a night and I'd think, right, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And then I'd head straight to that drawer and I'd get something out. And then I'd be telling myself, why are you doing this? Stop it, put it away. And then I'd get something else. And I just kept eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. So did you find it was... um with situations like this um when i've done a bit of research into the binge eating itself they normally say there's a trigger that kind of sets it off sets off this binge eating kind of cycle so do you feel obviously the the show post show itself was potentially a trigger did you feel there was anything else maybe going on with your in your life that potentially triggered that desire and want to kind of eat say it was just the show i'd say prep I wouldn't even say it was Persia, I'd just say the fact that I'd put myself through prep and I hadn't eaten anything bad, I hadn't cheated, I think I just thought I deserved it and 
I might as well eat it because I can have it and I've been so used to saying no and I think it didn't help that when I was on prep I went to a lot of events I went to a lot of weddings a lot of parties a lot of like family gatherings and there was food everywhere and I just was so used to being like no I can't have it no I can't have it oh why can't you eat it like having to explain to people what I was doing and why I couldn't eat it and then I think when I could eat anything because obviously I was prep was over I just convinced myself that I should have it so in terms of if you had to go back if you were going to do another show again what do you feel like you would do differently in comparison to what you did last time and what would advice would you offer to someone who's potentially been in that same situation um like I do want to compete again and mainly to prove to myself that I don't need to eat that way so I think just I watched a lot of like 10,000 calorie challenges on YouTube when I was on prep um, and I really don't think that helped because I was convincing myself that that's what I wanted to do like every day mm. when, I, when yeah. it was over and I think even though I enjoyed watching people eat I was basically watching people binge eat yeah. um, and even though I know the 10,000 calorie challenge is just a bit of a laugh and you know, it gets people more watching on YouTube. Like, I think because I just became so obsessed with them that when it was all over, I just I just wanted to eat everything because I've just been watching people eat everything. Uh, so I just, w- I definitely wouldn't do that again. I wouldn't watch those challenges. Not to the, co- I was watching like three a day. <laughs> Wait, what were your top three, would you say? Um, Rob Lipsit. Yeah, I've watched that one. <laughs> Which other one have I watched? Which was it? Was this Chinese girl from America? I don't know what her name was, but she was really good. And um, is it Sarah from Ireland? Is that her name? God, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Godfrey. Yeah, God, I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hers was really good. I'd say them three were the top three. I watched El Darby's one as well. Yeah, I watched hers, but I'm sure she didn't really track her calories. I'm sure she didn't. I remember her eating like really random like chocolate bars that I didn't even know existed, and I was like, "Am I just? I'm really like, not with the times." <laughs> like the yeah. sweet owl is really upgraded since I've last checked it. <laughs> okay, cool. So I'm just looking at your Instagram right now, and you know, you speak a lot about. For example, I'm going to read one of your kind of captions. I'm nowhere near stage lean, but I never want to be unless I'm still on that stage. My body is completely different, but I'm happy with that right now. Legs and booty is all a girl wants, right? So a lot of girls kind of struggle with embracing their body after, you know, it's, it's, you know, after you've had those abs and after it's been really, really, really lean. So in terms of like a mindset perspective, what sort of things do you kind of if it sounds really silly if you kind of if you tell yourself or things that you kind of practice doing so you have that relationship with your a positive relationship with your body instead of having a negative one because of the competing so I yeah I just tend to focus on what I like about my body so obviously I like that I've got bigger legs again a bigger booty Um, I feel like I'm I've got more shape in like my shoulders so instead of focusing on the fact that I don't have a lean stomach or a flat stomach or, you know, I don't have a lean back anymore, I focus on the things that I do like about myself, like my bum and my legs and even just like, and then I think about how 
how I was when I was that lean. Like, even though I looked good, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was mentally in the right place, which, you know, you're not going to be. That's why you put yourself through it, to make yourself mentally stronger. But you're not... I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't 100% happy when I was on prep. Like, I couldn't wait for, for it to be over, like I said, because I wanted to get my brain back in gear and mm. get to know my again get to know my boyfriend again and I just know that it's not a uh, what's the word I'm looking for um something that you can keep up to all year round like yeah. I don't know how girls do it I really do not know how girls stay lean all year round and stay happy I really don't <laughs> I think when you get to that stage obviously you know and a lot of uh, listeners will know it's I think it's that accepting like there's a lot of sacrifices involved um oh yeah i i can only imagine you know if you're a full-time pro bikini combatter you know the, the janets and the corny kings and all that sort of thing i guess they just kind of accept that they've got that they're, they're the kind of sacrifices that they have to make which you know it's it, it has its pros and it has its cons but um yeah i think if you don't work that much as well I think things like that would make you prep a lot easier mm. you know like these pros who are in America and doing the Olympia like that is all they will do so they'll have more rest time they'll be able to sleep longer hours you know they've probably got people making the food for them but when you're doing it all yourself there's so much going on mentally you just can't wait for that break mm. so when you do start being able to eat like more food and give yourself more energy um even though you've got the weight gain i think you've just got to remember the mental side of it as well yeah no definitely i i was very much the same even though i enjoy the process i was very much um i wanted my brain back for sure i just wanted to be able to same as you remember that there was washing remember that i had to do this washer remember that i had to return this gym Gymshark, you know, parcel, or I'm not getting my money back, like just little things like that. And I think people yeah. take that for granted. Oh, definitely, yeah. I took so many things for granted before I went on to prep. So you mentioned previously that you, you know, you're self employed, so you run your own business. How did you find that dynamic? Because obviously, being self employed and competing are two very, very, very demanding things in life. So, how did you go about balancing that and making sure that one wasn't kind of as a as effective effect I can't even say that word as um, effective did that make sense um I did find it really difficult like I was getting up at 5am for cardio then because I train in the morning because I work late hours so I was starting work at 10 rather than 9 you know just to give myself more time in the morning mm. um but then I was working till maybe 8 o'clock at night 9 o'clock at night and then obviously having to maybe do a bit more cardio and prep food and I guess I kind of put a front on when I was at work because obviously with clients half of my clients had no idea what I was doing anyway so they just kept telling me that I was losing weight and I was just like oh thanks <laughs> like I'm not going to tell you why I can't be bothered to get into it um but like I think my boyfriend got the brunt of me really I'm not going to lie like he, he couldn't wait for it to be over because I'd put this false appearance on at work not even on purpose I think it was just subconscious I knew that couldn't be like that so mm. I just was happy and as soon as I got home that was it I was like the devil yeah devil child I was saying 
face the devil. I was tired. I was grumpy. I was snappy. I was nasty. <laughs> so my boyfriend just used to say, just go to bed, please. It's like checking the hide, isn't it? That's what I kind of felt like. It was like my yeah. alter ego just came out of nowhere. And I was like, who is this person? Yeah. So, yeah, it was really difficult. But I guess you've just got to do it. It's just what you've got to do. I'd chosen to do prep, so I had to put up with it. I had to deal with it. My boyfriend was very supportive, but at the same time, he there was, there was a few points that I literally just thought he, he was looking at me going, man, just shut up and go bed. Like, the same as your boyfriend. And it does take a set. I think it is very um, demanding on a relationship itself, um, just from my own personal experience. Like, how did you get on? How did your boyfriend kind of not cope? Or That's a really bad word, isn't it? But how did, how did he get on with um, you prepping? Well, he actually was my coach in the end. So, obviously, he knew what he was doing was coming from him. So, I think he did actually struggle more than someone else would because mm. he was doing it to me. Like, when I was tired and crying, like, I, when, you know, when I was doing cardio at 9 o'clock at night and I could say my legs weren't work and I was crying, he was like, it's really hard for me to watch because I am doing you but you're asking me to do it mm. and he said it's really helping he said it's a horrible thing to watch you go through but I'm, I feel like it's my he kept saying he felt like it was his fault but obviously oh. it was my idea but I think obviously because we're in the similar industry it's easier I know girls who have done it and the boyfriends you know they're not into the gym they're not into eating good or eating healthy and they just wanted to go out all the time and they didn't like really understand so obviously he's not like that but I think he really struggled with the fact that he was making me think that way. Oh bless him, I want to give him a hug and be like oh that's bless him. <laughs> but at least, he couldn't wait for me over. Yeah but at least I guess you had in terms of accountability you couldn't hide which was kind of, I guess is a kind of a good thing because your coach was probably in the next room. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think it made me not want to do it even more because I think deep down about 5% of him probably thought that I couldn't do it because he knows how much I love food and I think I wanted to prove him wrong. So when I went to all these events with him and stuff, I think he thought I'd really struggle, but I was just like, no, don't need it, don't want it. Strong, independent woman. I don't need no food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so... So you briefly touched on that you worked in the in a beauty salon while you were competing, and obviously that sort of industry and the job itself requires a lot of you know customer service and potentially dealing with some very you know interesting clients that were making a lot of comments, which I know some girls can find quite difficult to to try and handle. So how did you go about that at your place of work, and could you give any advice to anyone who could potentially be dealing with any negativity or any kind of weird comments from people um well I guess like if I was feeling quite low on some days I just I kept myself quiet and I think my clients knew that not to talk to me very much like I think they could just sense that I wasn't in the mood to talk Mm. um because I just think if I'd have carried on talking and they'd have said something annoying I'd have probably like felt like I wanted to snap at them um and I think you've got to be careful of who you would say things to. I think you sort of sense from people who you can tell and who you can't tell things to. Mm. So obviously, you know, you have got your favourite clients. You've got your clients that you talk 
really in depth about life with and you've got ones that you just ask them how the weather is and how what they're doing at the weekend um so obviously clients like that I just thought you know I'm not really going to tell you what I'm doing because you probably don't care you probably don't understand you don't really know why you know it's very much well I like food too much to do that or why would you want to do that to yourself but I don't think anyone likes food as much as a bikini girl but we still put ourselves through it very true um and I think I'd just say just be wary of of who you're saying things to but I got the brunt of it from the girls that I actually worked with at the time so they were all sort of slimming world weight watchers kind of girls you know they were on a diet for three days and then they gave in and I just don't think they liked the fact that I, I could eat healthy and diet and not need feel the need to have chocolate when it's sat right in front of me mm. so they just used to dig at me all the time telling me that I didn't look very happy telling me that they preferred me when I wasn't skinny telling me that I wouldn't be able to get pregnant telling me that I'm unhealthy and I actually took myself out of the situation and moved salons because I just thought I don't need it and I, I, I upped and left about three weeks out mm. from my show it's removing that negativity so I think it's just um, for sure. taking things in your stride not trying to don't take things to heart like I knew they were just being picky and a bit bitter but if you still can't really help but feel a bit like down about things but instead of dwelling on it I just took myself out of the situation and changed it mm. now and I commend you for that because a lot of people might not have that courage and strength to um, you know take themselves out of that, that negative kind of environment it's, it's crazy isn't it we live in like a very developed country Sophie, and we can't get one on the internet like what is this and uh oh, god i completely forgot my child thought now i'm going to move it on oh man okay that was oh yeah this is one interesting question that i wanted to give to you so completely going another sorry guys the signal went a bit funny so i've lost my child thought so we're going to carry on but a, compl- a slightly different stance um that I want to take now in the beauty obviously you have a lot of experience and knowledge in the beauty industry and being a bikini competitor the beauty aspect is quite a key component I would say to making sure you look your best on stage and you could potentially win and obviously you came second so you know quite a few things if there's any key things that you think girls need to be kind of prepping for or to have in the kind of beauty regreen to make sure that they're the best on stage what sort of treatments would you recommend uh, so i'd definitely say your skin is probably one of the biggest things so having nice skin it just gives you an overall like glowing look to yourself i think as a female it's really important i know obviously we all can't help having like the most perfect skin but i think taking things like collagen tablets um, like vitamins like skin hair and nail vitamins having regular facials like using good products always taking your makeup off before you go to bed just things like that is just getting your skin prepped healthy so when you step on stage you look healthy you're glowing because if you think you're, t- you're going to be tired when you step on stage you're probably going to have a bit of bags under your eyes. If you've got bad skin as well, it's just not going to help that overall look. So if you've got really nice skin, then that definitely helps. Um, I'd say teeth as well. So having a nice smile. So obviously making sure you brush your teeth, which I'm sure we all do. But Fingers make sure crossed. you brush them regularly. Yeah. 
uh, like using a good mouthwash, maybe having your teeth whitened if you feel like they're a bit discoloured, um, or just avoiding like coffee and like like highly stained foods like curries and things like that. Um, and then I'd probably say I think your hair is a big thing as well. I know that's not really the beauty industry, but I think your hair. It's really important to have nice hair when you step on stage. Again, just like strong, healthy-looking, like glowing hair. I think they're the three main things that that you need to sort of look after whilst you're on prep. Was there anything you did differently or increased during your contest prep in terms of your kind of beauty routine? Um, No, to be honest, probably got a bit worse because I couldn't be bothered. I went on the sunbeds quite a bit because I knew that I was going to have the fake tan and I wanted my natural skin to have a bit of colour, which again, you know, I'm not going to fully recommend that. I know they're not great for you, but um, it was also just something for me to take my mind off on an evening, especially on a weekend, like on a Saturday night when I'd usually go out for tea and have a cheat meal. I just went on the sunbeds instead, like just drove into town, which is like a 30-minute drive from me and went on some bed, you know, it took like, it was like an hour, an hour and a half of time. Um, but no, I, I definitely made sure I took my makeup off because I can get quite lazy with that sometimes. But because I knew that I wanted nice skin on stage, I just made sure that I was taking my makeup off properly every night before bed and cleansing my skin and moisturising. And what do you think too, a lot of, so when I started looking and researching into this, a lot of people were saying that waxing was quite a good thing to do to prep your skin but there was kind of the other side where people were saying oh there's no point doing you know starting your waxing now if you've just a few weeks like you know maybe six to eight weeks out of your show like what would you advise um i definitely advise like a bikini wax because uh for the show because you don't want ingrown like a shaving you don't want to have a shaving rash or ingrown hairs that are then going to mix with like your fake tan because obviously your bikini bottoms are quite small um, but I'd say, yeah, I actually shaved the, I shaved my legs and I beated the rest of my body, but I always wax my bikini line anyway, so I knew that I wouldn't have that sort of shaving, rushing, grown hair look. Um, not, not the best but look. No, but I'd definitely say that that's probably one of the main things that you should think about getting waxed like a few months in advance so that by the time it comes to show... You can have it done like a few days before and you're not going to react because you've been having it done anyway. Yeah. Do you wax yourself? No, definitely not. <laughs> so some, some beauticians could say, yeah, I wax myself. I'm like, that takes a certain like, sort of willpower and strength that I don't. I would love to have. <laughs> yeah, I've got no idea how people do that. I could not do that. Self-inflicted. I know it's technically self-inflicted competing, but waxing, it's like completely different different game oh yeah yeah oh gosh i could talk about beauty for ages last question i've got for you um i'd say because i know you're really really busy today i know it might sound a bit cheesy but being positive that sometimes can be very very hard especially with you know the rise of instagram it's very very easy to start comparing yourself to different girls and i know you've touched on this previous um in your kind of caption so there might be some girls listening to this that are struggling with that, especially maybe post-show. So how, if you had any kind of key advice or things that you would say to someone if they were, if they came to you with this problem, um, what would you kind of advise them? Um, I'd just say that, you know, 
there is only one you and we were made to be different to everybody else and you might look at someone and think they look great but we've actually got no idea how they feel like they might hate themselves like they might not actually be happy they're just putting a front on for Instagram you know they might have a really good body but they might be really down they might not be able to sleep properly they might be actually starving themselves they might be injecting drugs like we do not know how other people come about getting their bodies so we can't compare our journey to theirs because we do not know what their journey is mm. like we know our our own journey and i think you've just got to accept just accept yourself on your journey whether you've you're putting weight on whenever you're losing it and you know at first I felt really guilty for not being lean because I was telling myself that I'd let myself go but really I hadn't like I know that if I want to do it again I can do it um but right now it's just not it's not the life that I'm living I'm not on prep anymore like I'm enjoying my life I'm going out with friends I'm going out with my boyfriend I'm spending time with family I'm laughing again, I'm joking again, and I think really mental health is more important than the way that people look, and you can't judge someone's mental health by looking at their picture on Instagram and thinking that they look better than you, because they might not feel as good as you. Mm. No, that's very true. It's having, I think it's definitely having that balance with anything you do, yeah, like, whether it's competing or not, it's, just, it's so key. It's so, so key. Yeah, a balanced lifestyle is definitely the way to go. And I think, you know, it's hard to, to find that balance between, like, a work, gym, healthy eating, like, eating out lifestyle. But it, it can definitely be done. I definitely agree with you. Probably a few years ago, I balanced... I, I'm very much, like, an all-or-nothing sort of person. And it, I think it takes... it take, I think it takes a lot of trial and error. I don't know if you agree with that. It takes a lot of trial and error and kind of knowing what what works for you definitely like balance oh, for someone like, else might not be balanced for another person but it, we're all it, you know we're all on our different journeys as long as you're happy with, with the decisions that you're making I'd say that's pretty much balance kind of nailed yeah yeah it's definitely a journey finding the balance you can't get it right straight away you know you need to find out what you do enjoy doing yourself um, you might do some things you feel like you have to but actually not really enjoy it um, and it's yeah, it's, it takes a while, I think, to find that balance between going to the gym and how often you should go and how often you should go out and how often you should have, like, a cheat meal or treating yourself. Um, and I think it does, does take a while. I don't think I've found it yet, really. Have you started looking at shows next year? Is there any that you've got in mind at all? Um, I would really like to do the category up. I'd really like to do toned or wellness, but I'm not really sure that I've, I'm big enough, really. Like, I like to think that I've built muscle, but then I think at the same time it is a little bit of body fat as well. So I think then when I diet down, I'm not sure that I'll be able to carry off that sort of look. But um, I'm going to America at the end of April, so it needs to be before that, really. So maybe UK BFF or the PCA show in April sometime. So when would you start prepping ideally for that? Uh, after just straight after Christmas. Christmas. I'm quite lucky really. My body responds very very fast. Um, like even though obviously I prepped for like 16 weeks this year, 
I went to Mexico and obviously put a stone on and then I only had seven weeks from Mexico to my show to get lean and that I'd managed to do it so my body responds quite well so I'd probably just say I need sort of a three to four months to get it done. Yeah definitely if your body responds fast as well you probably might get to the situation that you know 12 weeks you hit stage lean and you're actually eating into your show which I guess a lot of girls like to um, get to that point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed. Okay, awesome. Last question I've got. I keep saying last question and I keep thinking of more. Um, what are your plans going forward um, career-wise? Been in the beauty industry and kind of looking into doing more online coaching. So what's kind of, you know, what, what's next for Sophie? Um, so I really want to kickstart my YouTube channel. Um, it's something I'm really passionate about. And again, it's just something that I tell myself I'm not going to be good at, I'm not good enough for it, people won't want to watch me and obviously having those reservations is it's never going to work if I'm thinking like that so I just need to go full steam ahead and when I get my Wi-Fi connection sorted out at home I will be uploading like weekly videos, I'd really really like to get that up and running uh, properly just to yeah help inspire people motivate people like because again a lot of people obviously tell me that I'm honest and they feel like they can sort of come find in me and I'd like to show that more through my YouTube videos and hopefully touch a few more people's hearts and just show people that you can be really honest and also be sort of loved at the same time um and then I'm really interested in pregnancy, so I do pregnancy massage and I'm going on a pregnancy reflexology course in a month and I would like to get my personal training course done and I would love to work with pregnant women as a personal trainer, that's really what I want to do. Amazing. Is that what I've been seeing on your Instagram story? Uh, Yeah, probably, yeah. I find kind of it's I'm not broody at all. Just to kind of put it out there in case Joe's watching this and thinking, hmm. But um, I do find okay. I, I it's definitely a niche, and I think with pregnancy, it's, I find it fascinating and how that how that kind of affects and changes like the body. So that sounds so cool. Yeah, I I find it really really fascinating. I'm just obsessed with pregnancy. Like I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with babies. It's more the actual what the body goes through and the whole sort of nine months of of being pregnant it really interests me and I think because I like to help people and I think helping a pregnant woman who is tired and sick and deflated I just think that's what I'd like to do. What courses do you have is there like a certain qualification like separate that you need to be able to teach or train um, pregnant women? I don't think there is. I think you can. T- I think you can train them, um, but obviously, I think if someone knew that you were specifically trained in pre- like prenatal um, fitness, I think you'd be more likely to attract a pregnant person than just being sort of your average Joe personal trainer. Mm. Yeah. I know that if I was pregnant and I was just wanting to get into the gym to sort of help my baby, I wouldn't really want to just go to any old personal trainer I'd probably want to go to one that focused on yeah well if I obviously this is a long 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 way away from myself but I know when I get pregnant I know who to call, contact yes definitely be my pregnancy coach amazing yeah 
<laughs> awesome well i'm gonna wrap it up there um and thank you so much uh sorry if there was a little bit of um wi-fi cut out throughout this whole podcast like can't believe that we live in the uk and we still have to deal with wi-fi issues but sophie thank you so much if people want to get in contact with you or speak to you about anything that you've discussed on this podcast where can they find you um you can find me on instagram at sophie laugh which is l double a um, so literally S-O-P-H-I-E-L-A-A on Instagram amazing well thank you so much Sophie and I hope you've enjoyed this I hope you I hope you listeners have enjoyed this as well if you have any questions for Sophie or myself if you'd like to be involved in the podcast or there's anything you would like us to cover again I'm happy to have Sophie on here again so if you guys like what you heard then please do let me know make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'll see you in the next episode.